Episode 39, Positioning. Why choose you? Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrapped SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode from Aaron Weike of Leadferno and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And Darren, I, I'm down a family member as of this week as we, uh, we moved my oldest daughter off to college. I heard all about it. This is a big milestone for you. And uh, you must be really excited for her, but also feeling, feeling some, a little piece of you is missing right now. Yeah. You know, it's child churn, right? I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't ready <laughs> just, for this. <laughs> did you just coin that term? That's perfect for the SAS Venture yeah. podcast. Yeah. Child churn. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely a mix of emotions. Um, you know, super excited for her and uh venturing off in the world and one more step to taking care of yourself, being an adult, all the all the great experiences of of college and friends and yeah. all those things. But yeah, just so so weird to have her absent in our daily lives and not at dinner and not hearing about her day face to face and and everything else so it it's going to yep. take a little adjustment there were there were a few dad tears shed this week that's for sure i bet yeah that was a big uh, big day for us this morning as well we sent violet off to a brand new school so she's starting junior high grade 7 and uh yeah so it was it was a big event saying saying goodbye to her. She, and so now she's transitioned to this part where she, like her parents aren't allowed to drop her off. So yep. we had to like, we had to like hide in the bushes to like <laughs> make sure she got off. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's a big, big milestones for us. September 1st, I guess a lot of the listeners are probably feeling the same thing with their kids right now. Totally. Yeah. I still have my other three don't start school until next week. The uh, way of Minnesota here is always after Labor Day because of all the resorts and oh yeah summer vacation based stuff. So it always waits for, for the majority of, of school districts. Some start nice. before, yeah. but, and then, yeah, then we'll have another milestone, right? Cause my littlest guy, he starts kindergarten. So, you know, not a lot of people have a freshman in college and yeah. a kindergartner, but we, we have that at our house. So yeah, you really spread it out. <laughs> oh, it's just like, I, I have, I have every level of school somewhat covered cause I have a freshman in college, junior in high school, an eighth grader, which is the last year in the middle school. And then mm -hmm. he's in the elementary of K through five That's right. uh, for our, for our area. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, I've, I've got it all, all covered, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I always find it so great. Like the structure that school provides when they go back in the fall is refreshing. Like for me, the last few weeks of August are like, can school start now? Like I'm, I'm ready to see these kids not sitting around and lingering and needing things to do. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I've been feeling that the last couple of weeks, just my productivity is, is not great. I, I really thrive on a routine. Yeah. And so when Violet's in school, then it's just like, you know, I know exactly what time I'm getting up. I've got my shower. I, I'm ready to go. I get Violet out the door to school. And then I just sit down at the same time every day in the yep. summer. I'm like, you know, 930. I'm like, ah, I guess I'll make some coffee and maybe <laughs> check my emails or something. I just, it's just everything is just off. And so I am looking forward to getting into the routine. And I've got this, this September 1st 
productivity mindset. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a huge month. We're going to get so much done because it felt like I did not get very much done in August. All right. Well, there we go. It'll be kids back to school, Darren back to work. It's a That's right. <laughs> structure structure for everybody. No one, no one gets mad at, at structure, helping them be more productive. Definitely. Yep. So out, outside of our personal lives, uh, what's, what's new with White Spark? What have you been up to? Oh, yeah. We got lots of stuff on the go, actually. I was making some notes here for the podcast, and I was like, man, just more launches, launching all the things. So uh, we're about to launch a brand new page for our SEO services. Land, uh, SEO services. We've restructured it. It used to just be uh, Google Business Profile Management, and then we added add-ons like oh yeah sure we can manage your website and we can help you with some link building too but those were all these sort of secondary add-ons now we've we've defined three new packages we've rebuilt a whole new landing page um we've really worked on our sales copy so it's a much better value proposition and and we really speak to our results on the page so i have some confidence that that's going to have a huge impact on conversions and drive more of that side it's like kind of our agency side of the business i'm excited about launching that it's in its final st- stages right now. I'll have to probably be out the door uh, mid next week. Uh, we also have a new citation package for our listing service, which is we call it the ultimate package. Every once in a while, we get clients that come to us and they're like, can you clean up the whole internet anywhere that it has this <laughs> wrong business name or a wrong phone number? And so, no, we're not going to do the whole internet, but we have this huge package that does like what we consider like the top 100 sites across the internet. So. That we, we've got this more expensive package and actually we're dropping our lowest package. So everything price shifts up. So that might be positive for revenue as well. Uh, I'm just making a video right now for some improvements we made to our Google business profiles tab. So we're now uh, pulling in claimed status and displaying that plus all the categories on all the Google listings we find. So that's a nice little update to that, that feature and, and I'll, I'll be promoting that. And the dev team put it in my lap two days ago and said that the location manager is done. So that means Ooh. It just needs me to test it. And then we'll be launching this new thing. Well, instead of spreadsheets, you'll be adding your locations to our location manager, placing your citation orders through that. And then we will uh, be moving on to synchronizing with your Google listing, going back and forth. And so that, that's actually a new feature that we could charge for and so it'll be a, a new product offering coming pretty soon as well awesome this is the white sparky things that that are that are on the yeah. go right now a lot around the google business profile yeah i guess google business profile i guess that's an important thing in local yeah, search yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> we, we built our whole business on it yeah so uh how about you what's going on lead yeah the it's been a really good summer like you know, if I lump June, July, August together, 20%, over 20, 25% growth month over month. Um, we've crossed 5,000 in MRR, which nice. feels good, right? It's one of those like Milestone. more whole numbers, right? Like, so it's like, all right, yeah. how, how fast can we get to 10 now? Like the six, seven, eight, nine are going to feel nice, but like 10 is that next number that you want to see. And hopefully we can do that in just a handful of months. Yes. Yeah, and your churn is really low, right? Like most people that sign up, they stick around. Yeah, I, we've maybe, I think we've either lost three or four accounts this entire year. Amazing. Yeah. Really think about that, right? When you get your growth rate rolling, if you know your retention is that good, you're onto something pretty pretty serious here. Yep. And starting to see now like 
Oh, what did I just see today out of Ahrefs' latest report? I think we have like 15 keyword terms now that have a top three listing. So mm -hmm. starting to get more into that, right? I remember when we only had one. Sure. I, I remember when we had zero. Yeah. So starting to see some of that, right? It's been It's been interesting in the last six months. We've seen kind of a dive in the amount of keywords ranking, but seeing the quality increasing. So more in top three. Then more in that, you know, top 10, more in that 11 to 40 that are within striking distance. Yep. So I, I feel like we'll hopefully crack a few more nuts in those areas. I just wrote a post recently, mostly targeting a term that gets hundreds of searches in a month um, that I think around like automated text messages uh, that hopefully won't be too hard to like crack top 10 pretty quick and then move up. That's an interesting idea for a future episode. We could really just talk about how we do content marketing and SEO. Like yeah. how you can drive your SaaS with content yep. marketing and SEO because yep. both of us really think a lot about that and the opportunities there. But yeah, sidebar, what else is going on? Um, so with that, it's you know caused me a lot to think about, uh, even though I guess I already like all summer, I've been just really focused on sales, marketing, you know, trying to get to as many demos, done a you know ton of, uh, cold emails, um, continuing to do that. Yep. One area right now that feels a little bit, I don't know, frustrating, challenging is, so we have like 20 plus agencies that are in our partner program, right? These are right. resellers for us. They get a client dashboard. They get access to their client accounts. We make them recurring revenue. Yep. And we have a couple that have taken off and done well, but for the most part, it's like kind of stagnant. And so it's just figuring out like, you know, how do we unlock these? Because even if I can just get out of those 20, five of them to add a new customer in a month, like that really helps in the fold of, man, if we got five from agencies, five organically and a you know handful from somewhere else, like that's the kind of growth that we want to see. And then if you can keep ratcheting that. So it's just kind of been one of those where it's like, it, it's hard at 20 to look at that as a sample size big enough to really make some super strong determinations. Yeah. But we've done, you know, a lot of reflecting and trying to figure out and parsing through feedback on other demos, like how do we, how do we make this more enticing? So I, I think we're going to do kind of like a three, four email drip campaign just to our agencies that are customers and prospects. One thing we're going to do is offer some higher tiers so typically we've been a 15% affiliate fee, Yep. but now we're going to actually have, like, if you get 10, we'll take you to 25%. Oh yeah. And then if you get like 25, then we'll take you to like 30 or 35%. So just raising the bar on their affiliate to try to motivate them to want to get to a higher number that they have with us. Yeah. And then figuring out some other tools to help them sell what in process. And so we just kind of want to grease the the wheels a little bit there. And how, how can we get them contributing more? How in the next couple months can I double that? So we have 40, 50 agencies, you know, and then get them to like out of those 50, we get 10 new a month, right? So it's just yeah. trying, trying to figure that out because it, it hasn't gone. It hasn't taken off the way I've wanted it to. Yeah, that's actually a huge thing for us too. We have a referral program with First Promoter, which you recommended, and we set that all up. And we have a couple referral partners that are pretty great. They're active. 
We understand why they're, they're sending referrals to us. And so we're building some landing pages out for that. But it's just like, I got these 50 other referral partners that are un, we just can't activate them. And so um, I have one of our team members kind of dedicated to this as, as part of their job is like, how do we build up this referral program? How do we keep these people activated? And so that could be another great topic, just like referral program management and, and improvements. Um, but yeah, if you figure something out, you let me know because yep. <laughs> I'm struggling with the same thing. Yeah, all right. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I'm trying to hit it from a number of angles and we'll see if one tips them over or the combination of them tip them over. I mean, obviously money is always a motivator. So yeah. we're going to lead with that and see if that entices them with more of what they can build in recurring revenue. And yeah, we'll we'll go from there. And then, yeah, lastly, it's just right. You're at the point now where it's like, we have four months left in the year. so. Joel and I just today kind of did a, you know, what what do the next two months and end of the year look like for features and product roadmap? Um, and it's just this balance, right? The the sales marketing side of me is like, okay, what's sexy? What can I promote? What is, you know, what will help lead to more accounts wanting to come on? That kind of stuff. But you have to balance it out with what are our users asking for? How do we keep the retention there? Sure. The non-sexy things that you'd never like would lead in a pitch or be like, and look at this. That's really awesome because that's keyword search. (laughs) It didn't take 30 seconds to load. It loaded in only two seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like balancing getting those done and trying to get these things that you want to use as, you know, eye candy and marketing firepower and You know, the way I put it, like when you're doing your demo, it's nice to get to a point where you have like five to six features that really sit with that prospect. Like, oh yeah, these are great instead of one or two, right? It just, the the perception of value is so much higher. Well, well, hey, speaking of demos, (laughs) I think that's our topic for the day, right? Yeah, let's, we can use that to pivot. So we wanted to talk positioning as it relates to demos and marketing and and messaging. Um, And this all kind of stemmed off of a a tweet uh, a few weeks ago from April Dunford. April's really well known. She wrote a book on positioning um, in the SaaS space and has done a ton of podcast interviews. But she put out a tweet and I'll link to it in our show notes, where is this like, it was a, a thread about, you know, product demos. And she's opened up by saying like, they generally suck. Like she's witnessed tons of them Um, but she thinks like a good one really should be easy. And she starts to break down how she likes to think about it. Right. And she basically, you know, if I can kind of condense these tweets, it's like, right. They come to the first meeting, they have one big question on their minds. And it usually is like, why pick you? Right. Yeah. Why pick you over the alternatives? Um, and she just points out that most don't answer that question. They're focused on features. Um, and instead of, you know, why not the features that matter and the value the features uh, create and why should the the customer care? And when you're leaving that for the customer to figure out, um, that, that's just putting too much work on them, right? You you need to be communicating and being focused on answering constantly the, the why pick you and leaving out the stuff that everyone does and figuring out what your differentiators are and communicating the the why pick you. And then she gets into some of the specifics. Like if you're saying, you know, if you address value, make sure you go far enough. So if you're telling them that you're going to save time, 
like the good ones will actually tell you how much time, right? Like how much right. difference are you giving them? Hours, minutes, months, years, you know, again, why pick you make it a, a little bit more tangible with it. So yeah, I shared that with you. And I was like, this seems like a great thing to talk about, because it really got me thinking about what I do wrong in my demo, what I do right, and, and just yeah. overall. So when, when you look through it, what, what were some of you know, your first thoughts that you started thinking about? Yeah, I love this tweet. I thought it was so good. It's a tweet thread, really. But it's, it's one of the best I've ever seen. I just, it's so many different elements of it that I think are so important. Like, you know, she talks about how a lot of people's demos just talk about wasting time or, or just waste time talking about things that are not differentiated in the least. It's like, here's how to log in. Oh, and here's how to do a super basic thing that every one of my competitors does like it's like the obvious things don't show that in your demo and it's like for me i think back to how we run our demos or how i personally run my demos and i always lead with questions and so i i really want to ask them like okay so what is the challenge you're having right now um how you know what have you done to solve it? What are the other solutions you're looking at? Do you already have a solution in place? Where are its deficiencies? And then my demo is different every time. I don't have a, like a standard demo. I, sh I ask the questions and then I drill into the parts of, of our software that solve those specific problems they're having. Because some customers have totally different problems, right? So you might have one prospect, they, they care about this aspect of the software and that's why they're looking around. And another prospect maybe doesn't care about that feature set at all. They only need this thing. And so I always try to, to, to guide my demos uh, with questions. And, I, and she touches on that too, right? It's like, you know, why, why pick us? And I, another thing was this uh, competitor breakdown was like, the, don't make your, your prospect do the work because that's exactly what's going on in their head. It's like, a lot of people coming into demos, they're looking at one or two or three different uh, solutions. And so if you already know how you're differentiated against those solutions, make sure that you are pointing out how you're better because uh, that'll really stick with them. Because that, that's one of the things that's in their minds right now. They're trying to answer that right now. Which, which one should I go with? And it's, it's that whole thing. Why pick you? I, I, this thread is just full of good stuff. And I really want to uh, go through it again and then talk to our uh our customer service team and and see if there's something that we can integrate into their process as well yeah and i i even find on my demos like this is a question that a lot of prospects ask where they say like it'll either be broad and they're like okay you know there's there's quite a few tools out there yep how how are you different right they're they're asking you to to name that um and then some of them sometimes are more direct, right? Where they're like, okay, um, like for us, they're like, okay, we we just had a demo. We're comparing you against Podium. Sure. Or we we did a demo and we're comparing you against simple texting. Yeah. How do you compare to them uh, or what, what makes you different with it? Yeah. It definitely is always on their mind. And, you know, for me, it was just as much, you know, again, the differentiators is where you really want to punch hard and make sure you're delivering on that. And it got me thinking, right, her whole thing was around product demos. And I definitely thought about that 
and went back and started revising my product demo. And even when I'm doing like the live portion of our tool, you know, skipping through basics really quick and easy and giving it like, as you'd expect, you can do this, this, and this, but now here's your first power feature, right? And a lot of it for me, I look at like, one, we're we're selling differentiators against why wouldn't I just do text myself on my phone? Right. So like that's one area where it's like, here's features you get with us that you can't do on your phone. Auto replies, saved messages, transferring full conversations to other people, keeping a complete history that can't be deleted. So you can't have a salesperson go rogue and delete their leads and their conversations. Yeah. There's a bunch of those things. Then differentiators and different products and calling those out. And that's where I look at someone like, okay, I know what some of these are, but I don't specifically call it out. Like I haven't run across anyone else that's offering these features or thinks about the web to text widget, the way we do our lead box being not just about texting, but all around conversion. Yep. Made me start thinking about that. And then it made me start thinking about just even our website and our broader range marketing and some of the blog posts I write. Yeah, sales yeah where it's just like, am I getting across that, you know, the simplicity of why pick you? Am I, am I really hitting upon that in all the other areas where I'm talking and showcasing our product? That's really interesting, actually. It's like, yeah, it's not just the demo. You take that, that, that question is so foundational to, so many different things that you're going to do. Why pick you? Make sure that that your landing pages answer that. Make sure your blog posts, you know, touch on that wherever possible. You know, so showing your your differentiating value and 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 why you should be selected. That's good. Yeah, and then when I start to like think through that, and it is it's so hard. And you hear this. I mean, it's such a like simple thing, right? Where people are like, stop only selling your features. Yeah, sell. Right, sell the benefits. Benefits, not features. Yeah. Yeah. Or you sell the utopia of where they're trying to get to. Right, there's the classic um, that it it it's an image or an al- analogy that's been passed around all the time. Right, it's like um, Super Mario Brothers and how you'd get the the flower that powers you up so you can throw fireballs and you're larger. It's like <laughs> the the flower that powers you up to throw fireball. Like the flower isn't what you should be selling. It, what you're selling is like you throwing fireballs and being totally. larger, having having your character better. So right. it's thinking through that a lot of times. And it's so it's so hard, especially in the beginning. You know, I look at the like progression I've made from, you know, being only like listing out features, even though there's just a handful of them when you first are building the product and get it together. And then you just start learning and refining more and more how you talk about the benefits, right? How you talk about those things. And that's one thing I'll say has been a great byproduct of, right? We've, we've talked about on our marketing episodes and doing all these podcast interviews is it's allowed me to have kind of the same conversation many times. And each time I get a little bit better at understanding the the angles on how I should be talking about it to be more benefit oriented Yep. to here's how we save efficiency. Here's how your customer has a better experience. Uh, here, here's how you can increase productivity for your team. Here's why the change management in doing this is easy. Here's how it's easier to train them on our platform versus a live text, right. a live chat, yep. live chat platform. So that's been one of those things that I'm like, okay, it's like the more iterations you go through this, it's, it's just like practicing something. 
And so I looked at it and it's like, man, so the, the podcast I'm mostly, right, its goal is to <clears throat> give us marketing, introduce us to new audiences, create all of that. Mm-hmm. But this awesome byproduct has been, it's really allowed me to hone your message. messaging. Yeah. And our, and our positioning. And I'm, I'm really grateful that that's like taking place after like a dozen podcast interviews. Yeah. Do you prep for the interviews in advance or do you just kind of wing it when you get on there? It's probably a little reflective of what I'm going on to. So yeah. some of them, and I, and I love these ones, like some of them do like a prep call and 15 minutes and they're like, do you have questions? Here's what I like to do. Um, I, I'm always going to go and listen to an episode or two so I can just get a feel for their interview style. Do they have common openings, closings, things they ask? Right. But yeah, some of them are, are uh, really prepared. The, the one I love the best, they pretty much scripted out everything. So we had a pre-call that was like 15, 20 minutes. Then they scripted out everything that they were going to talk about. They gave me the script ahead of time. I didn't have to script out my part, right? but theirs was. And it was like, it was great. And it really allowed me ahead of time to think like, okay, the way they're talking about this and, and putting their takes into it and then introducing a, a question or an area for me to chime in as the expert. Um, what's the angle I can bring that supports what they have um, and also gets to some of the areas I want to talk about. So there are some that it's just like complete fly by night. You can tell they pulled up your website five minutes before they get on. <laughs> and, you know, the questions aren't rock solid and solid hitting, but sure. These have been staggered and, and introduced enough where I feel like I've had this evolution the whole time as I've gone through them. And it's, it's just been super helpful. Nice. I don't know. What else is there to say about positioning? Yeah. I mean, the thing I wonder with you is there's so many like rank tracking yeah. and tools plan. like that. It, yep. it, it would seem like this for you. You need to speak you versus this, you versus that, like quite often. Yeah, I really do because I've got 75 plus competitors. And so uh, the the real easy why choose us for most people talking to us is that the vast majority of rank tracking software out there doesn't do local very well. We started with local first and we built our platform around local and it's everything in rank tracking on ours, like we just really nailed local. And so I, I always speak to those and I show them how they can see how they rank in the different areas really easily. They can filter, they can zoom in on some areas and be like, okay, this is how we rank here. This is, this is how we rank across this whole region. Like you really have that flexibility. And so that is a huge one that I differentiate against. But then there are a handful of competitors that do local specifically and I got to say that that exercise I went through to build the bright local comparison page with ours, it was just so illuminating and powerful because one, of course, we got to build a really great landing page where we talked about all of those differentiating benefits, how we're better than others. Two, it was like amazing for me to see some of the deficiencies in their software. I was like, wow, I had no idea how bad this was. And so it's like, great, I can really speak to how ours is so much better because now I've actually taken a look at this and be like, you can't even do this? What? This is awesome. Now I can show that off in, in, in my software. And then going through that exercise has been so valuable for the demos because I know that the vast majority of people coming in on a demo 
are also looking at Bright, Bright Local as my top competitor. And so now I can pick out those things and I could be like, well, in Bright Local, I, I know that you can't do this. And let me show you how we can do that here uh, in, in our local rank tracker. So, you know, I think that building those comparison pages are, is super helpful. And, and I want to do uh, more of those so that I can uh, speak to other competitors and people coming. SEMrush is a big one. We see a lot of people coming to us that uh, are already using SEMrush. And so it's, it's that's the next one on my list. I want to highlight some of the ways that using our software solves problems in a better way than SEMrush does. Yeah. Do you, do you ever get a sense for how your competitors are positioning their differentiators against you? I don't. Like, I don't think SEMrush, I don't even think we're on their radar. They're like, white spark. Never even heard of it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but Bright Local, I would be really curious. I, I should like, I should put on one of those like glasses and nose with the mustache thing, you know, like I should, and then go on a <laughs> pretend that I'm someone else. So I could go on a bright local demo and see what they say. Totally secret, secret shop it. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know how they position against me. Do you ever get feedback from someone that like does a demo with you? You know, you're in a bake off against it. And then they come back and say, we're going with the other guys. And here's why. Or. You know, once in a while, I'll get it. And I also see it in cancellations. It's like, you know, I'm switching to another product and they'll say one of these top competitors. And I typically try to follow up on those. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, uh, thanks for letting us know. Um, I hope that new product uh, meets your needs. I would love to get a little feedback from you on, you know, what were some of the, the things that compelled you to choose them over us? And I don't know, I maybe sent 20 of those. And I think I've gotten maybe one reply. People just generally ghost you after they've decided that they're not for you. So I haven't gotten great, great, uh, great, you know, helpful stuff to learn uh, out of those re responses. So I'm, I'm hoping to get one. I actually saw one come, in, come through today. And so I'm, I'm going to follow up with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that stuff's super valuable. I, almost always try, especially when you're like dealing with larger deal. I feel like I almost always get feedback on that. Just trying to use empathy, like, Hey, you know, we're, we always want to get better. Yep. So what, how, whatever you can share with us as to what your why is as like, you know, for the, the time we invested with you, like, right. It's super helpful to us. So yeah, doing whatever you can to find that out it is definitely helpful and valuable. Yeah. I got to see your template. How do you, how do you, how do you email them? Maybe I'll make a loom video of me crying and, <laughs> and see see if that compels them to reply. I don't know. The last, uh, who, what was it? The CEO that was crying or took the photo of himself crying after laying a bunch of people off that didn't go over so well on the internet. Oh, so I, I did not catch that, but that sounds, that sounds bad. Yeah. It came off. It came off very insensitive <laughs> that it was his his hardest worst day ever oh. and needed to market that ahead of uh, all the other lives that were being affected. But yep. Yikes. Oh, well. So yeah, being able to like understand that, like I, I would, you know, same with us, right? Like we are not on the radar of our competitors, I'm sure at all. Yeah. But I, I would even love to see how they, you know, against each other differentiate. And we've done one or two demos of people in our space. And that's been helpful. And having an account is helpful to see like sure. 
how things are organized and yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, any anytime you understand that angle and and where the positioning is is super helpful. But it, and it's such a I don't know it's it's so interesting once you understand your positioning and once you start anchoring anchoring yourself to it, like just the amount of clarity it can give so many things. Like for me even in product and feature development, right? Like, does this feature support our positioning? Does it strengthen it? Does it, you know, put it out there? It's just one more way that that we're adding to it and showing that this is really important to us. Um, and that has a lot of great marketing and messaging value as well. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, like I said, we'll link to that tweet. There's a lot of just great actionable takeaways in that thread. Read it. Cause yourself to do some inventory of your product demo first and foremost, because that's what April's talking about. But uh, you can definitely pull it back further into your other messaging and communication, landing pages, your website, your overall uh, marketing content and see, you know, is what you're putting out there answering the why pick you? Because that's probably one of the most important questions you need to be answering with everything you're doing. It just sparked one more idea. One final thought nice. is uh, some brands, if you search for their business name, you'll see how competitors are bidding on their, on their brand. And so you can look at their ad copy and you know, let's say your competitor was, was a big one, search their name and see how other people are positioning themselves against that. I think there might be some learnings there too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test that out and see what I can discover. Yeah, no, that's totally a great tip. You see their comparison and their also like that product and using like keyword term alternative. Exactly. And so you see the ads and the landing pages created for people that they didn't like the price or they're on that and they want to look for, you know, a competing product that's on there. So yeah, there's a, a lot of research you can do through, you know, doing those searches on, on Google that can provide some insight to how others are doing it, especially when they're in your space can be really helpful. Yeah, I bet you a lot of the competitors in your space have already outlined all the deficiencies of your top competitors. You could just collect that data and start working with it. There you go. I'm glad you had that idea because it's something that I have like subconsciously done here and there and paid attention to, but probably need to dive a little bit deeper on. Yeah, there's an opportunity there. Oh, if only I had time to do it. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, get yourself an eighth day in the week and that's what you can do with it. All right. All right. Anything upcoming for you? Um, Just a bunch of podcast bookings. I've been working with that podcast agency. And so that's been good. Uh, I got to get those on calendar. Uh, I'll be hosting. I'll be the MC of Local U Advanced, Local U Virtual coming up on November 2nd. Nice. But yeah, otherwise, just trying to get back into a solid routine and uh, improve my productivity. Uh, now that September has, has started. The back to school routines in effect, it's going to happen. You're going to ace all your quizzes and your exams. You're going to get an A, Darren. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. appreciate your confidence. You bet. Anything coming up for you? You got any, uh, any speaking gigs coming up? I don't. I have quite a, still quite a few podcasts to air. I think I have two or three interviews. I have one really big one that I'm excited. It's already recorded. I think it releases later this month. I'm really excited to see its effect. When they're recording it, they did a Facebook Live for a snippet of some of it. Yep. And we got leads just off of that. Oh, cool. So that has me excited. Like, all right, we had four or five leads and converted a couple of them. 
just off of this Facebook Live snippet, and it's not even going. The the podcast, I think, has tens of thousands of downloads per episode. Right. So very highly trafficked. So yeah, I'm excited for that to kick out and see what comes of that. So yeah, it's just, I'm viewing everything as like now to the end of the year, as many sales uh, as possible and the handful of things we want to get built, trying to get those built. And then, you know, I'll probably use the holidays to come up for air and start figuring out what uh, 2023 is going to look like and what we need to get to and set some goals. Yep. I guess we're, we're getting to that point again right where we have to reflect upon 2022 and look at 2023 so we'll have some podcast episodes about that i'm sure yep there's already more gone in the year than what's left and uh it's ticking away slowly or quickly (laughs) a little anxiety inducing realizing oh man we only have four months left get going all right all right well great catching up darren uh everyone thanks uh for listening Uh, i feel good we've hit a uh, quite a few months in a row now. So yep. that's good. We're getting some consistency back. We will uh, stay on our best behavior of staying consistent and accountable uh, on that side. Um, if you're enjoying the episodes, as always, leave us a review. We love it when you interact with us on Twitter. Any questions, episode ideas, uh, we love to hear them. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.